BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, I'm going to keep this simple. Welcome back to Straight Up with Stassi. I'm Stassi Schroeder-Clark. Let's do this. Um, I love a girl with a heart out because you're a busy. I'm so sorry. No, I just like I'm like the worst planner. There are days where I have nothing to do and like days where I have to work until 9 p.m. Like, why don't I just make it work better? You know? Mm, no, I, I think that you're just like a busy woman who's just like on top of the world. And like, <laughs> I, really I, I, get, <laughs> I get it. No, there's like it's like how Olivia Wilde said that, like, there's nothing cooler than an actress who has to who's always what did she say? Who has to who can't make something because she has to be on set. That's you right now. There's nothing cooler than a podcaster who has a heart out. It's just like mogul energy, you know? Yeah, 100%. Fake so, it till you make it. Yes. Welcome to Straight Up with Stassi. Claudia Oshray. I have so fucking much that I want to talk to you about because I am a fan of yours. And you know that. I've said that a million times. But I also have a fucking surprise for you. <gasps> oh, my God. Is it Taylor Strecker? Oh, she's at your house. Come in, bitch. Hey, wench. <laughs> hey, wench. Why the fuck have you called me back, grandma? What do you mean call you back? I fucking FaceTimed you. Also, I met a woman. I have so much to tell you. I met a woman in my elevator today who was like, I know where I know you from. I thought she was going to say like, say yes to the dress. <sighs> I, she's like, I know Nicole. And I'm like, who is Nicole? And she's like, from Sirius. And I'm like, do you mean Stop. Taylor? <laughs> and she was like, oh yeah, Taylor and Nicole. And I'm like, who is Nicole? No way. So technically yeah. she recognized you from Nicole. <laughs> uh, sure. She recognized me because she knows I'm a friend of Taylor Strecker and she wanted all the gossip on you. And I said, yeah, she's not a real lesbian. It's all an act. <laughs> and it's just to get followers. Wait, what was the gossip she wanted from me? What a, what a bitch. No, she was so nice. She was like, yeah, I used to work in the building. And like, they're just, she's such a nice girl. She's the best. I'm like, she really is. Oh, girl, thank you. I miss your face. I love you so much, Angel. I miss you. When are you coming home? Uh, Sunday. Okay, want to hang out? Yes, please. Should I cool. just leave you two together <laughs> to podcast right now? If you did, me if you did, me and Taylor would sit down and have a 45-minute conversation that we've already recorded and not realize <laughs> that we've we've already had these conversations. I've right. recorded Taylor's podcast where we've had to re-record twice because Taylor Donahue was listening to it and was like, 
You guys literally you already had this conversation. You talked about the same exact thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm repetitive yeah. Rita, according to her. Well, I really just wanted to just have her pop in because she made me stay out till so late last night, which I don't do. I don't go out. I don't like hang. Um, I go to bed early because I have to wake up early with a fucking mm-hmm. baby. And um, I've had five hours of sleep. Yep. And I sound like my voice is it's going to give out in any moment. Literally. She's the cause of all the problems Let me tell you something about Taylor Strecker and Taylor Donahue. And like, this is coming for me. Like I party, like I party hard. I party late and I'm going to bed hours before Taylor Strecker and Taylor Donahue. The next morning they'll be like, yeah, we were up till six doing a Ouija board. Literally (laughs) track so fucking hard. The night of our wedding, my wedding, my literal Mm -hmm. wedding at the after party, it was finally like three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, okay, I'm so proud of myself for lasting this long, but like time to tap out and go to sleep. As I was leaving, I'm like, is there a seance going uh-huh. on in my at my wedding after party? You would think that I would have like slid right in because like I am so here for anything. You're like such fucking, a seance girl. So such seance. Stassi should just be like my 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 hands. <laughs> yeah. My Instagram second podcast. Handle. Yeah. One, oh, see mogul thoughts seance. right there. Mogul <laughs> thoughts seance. right there. But no, it was Teddy Taylor Donahue performing some sort of seance at the after party of my wedding. But let me just say, in Rome, Taylor Donahue, I am not the culprit. I am married to the culprit. I'm married to, I'm married to a seance magician weirdo. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Shut up, Claudia. Sure. Anyway, you can go now. I have to go die. I love you. I don't know what I did to you, but I'll take a Pinot Grigio. (laughs) (laughs) I love you so much. I love you. I am the devil, and don't you forget. Oh, you, I can't quote myself. I can't quote myself. Not. You can quote me. I I can't quote myself. I disagree. Me and Jackie are always quoting ourselves. Like, who better than you? No, I do love that about you guys. You do, and like it works for you guys. I feel cringe. Like I feel like I'm not allowed to. Um, maybe it's because like you were. Because it's on, because it was on Bravo. Yeah, no, because it was on like a TV show. Like it's, it's actually iconic. The stuff that you say, like it, it does go down in pop culture history. And like for us, like nobody's listening, so like we could just like fucking quote ourselves. I see. I just think it's the cringe factor of like, oh, you're holding on to this like Bravo quote uh, that you said ten years ago. That yeah, be- people are just so fucking negative. That's why. That's why. <laughs> Agreed. I'll start quoting okay. myself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Claudia, I am so fucking glad to have you here. Um, I know that I feel like every single one of my listeners knows who you are, but still, just in case there is a random out there that's listening to this, Claudia Ashre, she is at girl with no job on Instagram. So she is a fucking, I won't even say influencer. She just like owns shit in terms of content. She is the host of The Toast, which is my all time favorite podcast to listen to. I have to listen to it all every single day. And if I miss a few days, then I end up just like spending like an extra day listening to like three in a row. I think you and Jackie are just like the perfect podcast hosts together. You also have a New York Times bestselling book called Girl With No Job. And you are a comedian because you tour and you do it by yourself a one woman show right now I think you just wrapped it up your show was not like other girls I have like five more but it's like basically the end now yeah okay but you literally do it all and like you that was a good intro I am just a, a huge fucking fan and 
it's so weird that we have this mutual best friend because like when Taylor, like when I think of Taylor and I'm like, who are her best friends? Me and Claudia. And then when I listen to your show, I'm like, I feel like I am so similar to Jackie and you and Taylor are. are and you and Taylor are so similar that like, yes, why hasn't this foursome friendship ever happened before? No, that's so true. Jackie did your podcast and I was talking to her afterwards. She's like, I didn't even realize like me and Sassy have so much in common, obviously, like being new moms, but you also have like really similar interests, obviously, in like fashion and like historical fiction and the Gilded Age. So yeah. I actually didn't even put it together that like you and Taylor are really like a me and Jackie. Version. Yes. Literally, like, what do you and Taylor even talk about? Like, how do you even get words in? No, it's like either either I'm sucking all the air out of the conversation or Taylor is. Like, there's not enough room for both of us in a conversation. Like, don't you think it's weird that you guys like each other so much because you're so similar? Yes, but I'm like, <laughs> like, one thing I know about myself is like, I'm a, an enormous narcissist and like, I'm obsessed with myself. So it kind of makes sense that I would surround myself with people who remind me of me, you know? Yeah, no, I feel that. I would just also then think like there has to be like this competitive energy of like, well, who's better at all the things that we're similar about? But you know what? Does like, that even make sense? It does. But as much as me and Taylor are like really the same person, we're actually really different in the sense of like Taylor, we're like in, we're different ages. Taylor's obviously gay. Like we actually have like a lot of differences as to who we are, like at our core personalities. Right. That makes sense. But yeah. like, and you know what? I also feel this because like, I think granted, I've never hung out with Jackie. We only mm -hmm. just podcasted together. Um, and we are, like I said, we are so similar. But I don't think that that would end up like it wouldn't be like a detriment to our friendship. It would only enhance 100% our friendship. So I 100%. feel like we need to like organize some sort of meetup in New York yeah. so that this iconic group of women can get together and thrive. I completely agree. And like, I just know how the evening's going to go. Like me and Taylor are going to be wasted on one side of the table, like talking about God knows what, trying to like plan, get tickets for a drag show later that night. And you and Jackie are going to be on the other side of the table, like sobbing, showing pictures of Hartford and Harry and just like crying. <laughs> accurate. Like yeah, literally, accurate. Couldn't, literally couldn't be more accurate. Yeah. OK, I want to talk to you about your fucking show because I haven't I talked about this on our Patreon podcast, The Good, The Bad, The Baby. But like so like the public, the world has not heard about this. So like I said, I've been a huge fan and I went to Pittsburgh to visit my brother and my sister-in-law and their new baby. And I was listening to your show and I heard Pittsburgh show. And I'm like, what? The what are the odds that like oh, the so exact random. moment that I'm going to be in Pittsburgh, you're going to be doing this show. So then my brain went into overdrive and I'm like, okay, like, how do I do this? Like, how do I tell Bo? Cause Bo, is this something that he would want to do? How right. do I tell my brother? Like <laughs> I need to find like a babysitter for both of the babies. So I'm like, literally I'm doing math equations in my head, like planning this attack in order to get there. Finally, I figure it out. I find babysitter, well, my mom and then her, my sister-in-law's mom, respectively, both watched the babies individually and we got tickets. And when I say like Bo and my brother, my brother does not laugh. Like that's like the thing Ugh. about him. He's just like, I like funny. Just like a fun fact about your brother. Fun fact about my brother. He just like doesn't really like laugh. Like maybe there's like a... <laughs> There's like a soft chuckle, like, you know, just like a... 
(laughs) (laughs) Totally. But they were, Bo and Hunter were both dying laughing. And it was such a fucking impressive, amazing show. And like, I've, I've toured before, but Mm -hmm. like, not like this, like, and the world needs to know that you are an iconic comedian who literally goes for what, 90 minutes? How long was that? The one in Pittsburgh was like 80, 90 minutes. Yeah. By yourself. You don't have a set. Like I have to distract people on my tour with like uh, with like a throne and a set and like lights and music and other people. Bo, Taylor, whoever wants to come. Like I don't have the the talent or. Well, that's not true. Stamina. That's not true. Or the stamina or just like the willpower or like. No, actually, when I first started to like get into comedy and live shows, Obviously, my goal was to do stand up, but I didn't have any experience doing that. So my first probably like 20 comedy shows at different comedy clubs was similar to what you were doing. I had my husband come up. We did like Q&A. I did a bunch of games. I had like a little slideshow. Then slowly but surely, I would drop one segment. There would be no Q&A and then there would be no Ben and then there would be no slideshow. Then there would be no game until like a few months into it. I was actually able to be on stage for 90 minutes by myself. So I do feel like if it weren't for COVID and you had continued to tour, you might have ended up doing something similar. Interesting. That is um, a lovely compliment to pay me, but like, (laughs) no. And like when you looked at me like afterwards, and I'm going to get a little more into this about the after part of your show too. Mm -hmm. But like when you looked and you were like, you could, you could definitely do this. You'll be doing this. And I'm like, I don't want to like, I don't need that pressure of like going by my fucking self on tour, on stage naked. It's like you're naked. Yeah. Well, see, I feel that way about like being on reality TV and like being in a bathing suit. And like you did that many times like that to me. And I could never go back and do it again. Like, like you should feel like that. If somebody said, Claudia, we will give you one point five billion dollars to join a reality show where you have to get drunk with like your actual friends, your actual romantic partners. You have to take trips. You have to wear makeup, wear not not wear makeup. You have to wear a bathing suit. You have to wear this. I would say no. What 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 number did you just say? I think I said a billion. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what would be your number? No, because like okay, obviously like, you'd take it. Yeah, like for the real. thing like, about what, me, like what, and, yeah, the thing you about could me be is bought. Like, I yeah. can be bought. So yeah. I probably would do it for a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about actually. Yeah. I don't know that you would. I know because after taxes, like it's not even. Worth it go, it. Yeah, it truly like a million. It's yeah, of course, sounds like a lot, but like uh-huh. when you when you like really are just like selling your your soul, your soul. Like yeah, no, and it, it would have to be more, maybe ten. I feel like you would settle on three million. You know, who am I kidding? I do it for a hundred grand. Like I'm <laughs> literally like I can be bought. Always remember that. Okay. Sames. I think so. Like, why hasn't someone come to me and been like, listen, you could literally do like OnlyFans. Like, have you not? Have you not been approached to do any sort of reality show? Oh, no, of course I have. But without numbers. Right, right, right. Like, no, when there's an offer on the table, we'll talk about it. Yeah, which is like really irritating because I'm like, whenever someone reaches out and like, can we meet with you? Can we meet with you? I'm like, listen, like reality TV isn't really something that I'm like wanting to do right now. Mm -hmm. But like, I want to tell them I can be bought. But like, I don't, you can't really like say that in a conversation. (laughs) So like, until someone is literally like, here's the offer, this is the amount, then 
I would be able to like sit and think on it. But like now it's like when people come to me, I'm like, be gone. Like, be gone. Show me the money. Show me the money. Yeah, no, that's like, you're a mom now. Like you have to think about her future. Like you need to, you can, and you need to be bought. Yes, I do need to be bought. But like also like when you're on reality TV, like you don't want your kids on it. And then like, no, I and, know. Th- and that's like the most interesting part of me nowadays. <laughs> Are you watching the most recent season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? No, but I know everything from listening to your podcast. So, so like, there's like a lot like of drama with the kids being involved. And I feel like my one of my takeaways from this season is, I mean, nobody's at, you know offering me a reality show. And I don't have children, but if the day ever came where I was offered a reality show and I had kids at the time, like I would keep them so far, 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 far away from it um, because of what I've seen. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like the only people that like do it right are the Kardashians because they're producing. They're also executive producers. And so they have a say in what Mm -hmm. goes out there and what doesn't. So literally, that's the only way to do it. And even... In that case, do you want to do it? Because I hear that like Northwest is a monster. Um, I mean, I would be too if I was Northwest. Let's be real. It's like, but is she allowed? She has the right. She absolutely has the right. I don't know. I hear some crazy stories and I'm just like, I do just like living in LA. I hear some stories and I'm like, no, of course I would not cross her. Like if I saw her on the street or like we were like forced to have some sort of interaction, like I would be shaking with terror. I think I could win her over. I really do. Like from one diva to another. I believe that. I don't have as much confidence as you do. So (laughs) there's that. I need, yeah, I need, I I need to get, I need to get better at that because make that a goal. If I ever meet Northwest, I need to have the confidence to like go toe to toe with her. You're like a Hollywood mom. Like I feel like the possibility that like maybe, you know, Hartford and Chicago, like being in the same gymnastics class, like something. If I lived in LA and I had kids, like I would be like doing a million extracurricular activities with my children at like the most fancy places. Like kids, you're going fencing, you're going swimming, you're doing gymnastics, you're doing home ec, you're doing all of them. Just, you never know who's going to be at pick up and drop off. True. I need to find a cotillion class for her. Yes. But like, see, this is the thing about LA and which is also what I imagine New York is like. There are so many different pockets of, 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 of LA where it's like different types of people and um, like with like socioeconomic difference, differences. differences and like, yeah, I'm uh, even though I live in LA and I am like a, a, an ex reality person, like I'm not in the same bracket not even close not even like yeah. it's not even so like I don't really foresee Hartford and shy mm, isn't that what they call bad. it shy yeah. hanging out I need to just like I need like reach for the stars but like sometimes like not too high it's like I need yeah. to reach for some rain clouds no some- so that's like my kind of like life motto is it's so important to be delusional and I really feel like I am where I am because I have these insane delusions of like who I am and who I can be. And like a part of it is confidence. And then part of it is like genuine delusion. And I think that's important. See, I lost my delusion and Mm. I'm trying to get it back. It's like, do you have any advice for the people out there who are working on their delusion? Keep going. Like, I think when I say delusion, I really mean like these grandiose feelings about yourself. Cause I feel like if you're not going to be delusionally 
you know, confident in yourself, nobody else is going to be. But I think with that delusion, it's also really important. This is one of my, I feel like it's so important for people to be self-aware. Um, So I'm like a self-aware delusional queen, but like everyone has a friend or someone they know who like lacks self-awareness. And to me, it's one of the most unattractive qualities in a human being. Um, mm. So while I think I am truly God's gift to this earth, I am also greatly aware of the fact that like there are people who disagree with that, you know, and they might have a, like a decent argument, you know? Okay, so delu- so delusion with a whisper of, or a little more than a whisper. A dash like a, of self-awareness. A, like a good cup of it. Yeah. A, no, a I sh- think it's important. Cause like, a shot of it. I feel like, you know, and a huge um, message like I'm always seeing on social media that I really do agree with is like how important it is to like really, really believe in yourself and really have confidence in who you are and like know exactly who you are. And, and that's really something that's like helped me through a million things in my life. But... I also think like there is a required dose of self-awareness. Yeah, but you can't teach or learn self. No. It, it, self-awareness comes, where does that come from? I don't know. That's a good question. And like when you're thinking about like raising kids, obviously I don't have kids, but like, I don't want to be the mom of someone who's not self-aware. No, 100%. But like you either are self-aware or you're not. Or you're you not. You either you got c- it or you don't. Okay, not to be all like cheese, but... Claudia's self-confidence is like the most aspirational, inspirational, epic thing ever. And that's something that I want to just learn to be better at. No, for reals. And that's also something that Match has been talking about with their app and just their like message in terms of dating, because when you're in a relationship with someone or when you're just wanting to get in a relationship with somebody, the relationship that you have with yourself is seriously the most important because you can't be good for anybody else if you're not good for yourself. And I just really like that. Match believes the most important relationship is with yourself. So in a world where you can choose to do anything or anyone, choose you first because dating someone who knows what they want and won't settle for less, that's sexy as hell. And Match's latest study of over 5,000 U.S. singles proves it. No, real talk. Nearly 40% of singles say they feel more sexually empowered this year. Like, that's amazing. And that's all because of having a relationship with yourself first. Like, that is what's most important. Because it truly, like, that's the truth. If you do you, you already know the best relationships show up when you show up for yourself first. There's never been a better time to try Match. Download the Match app today. Maybe it takes like being like, like humbled in a way or embarrassed in a way or like just like poor, like, like unfortunate life experiences and situations. Yeah, I have to imagine like people who, you know, who, who lack any sort of awareness, um, maybe lived extremely charmed lives. That has to be it or without any sort of like grief or pain or anything. Yeah. Or on if devil's advocate, you could also say self-awareness. You're either born with it or you're not. You're chosen. You're one of the chosen ones or you're not. I know. And I'm like, like, I'm very grateful. I'm actually like self-aware, like maybe a little too self-aware because I think sometimes it actually does like cripple me in the sense that like I feel like I can't do something or I won't go somewhere or I won't engage in something because I feel like, you know, I shouldn't be there. What will people think? Like, I'm, I'm a little too critical, actually. 
Okay, so that's exactly how I felt when I went backstage at your show because I was so insecure about the fact that like, am I fangirling weirdly? Like, is this is this annoying? Am I annoying? Am I taking up too much of her time? Um, Am I crossing any lines? Feel free to interject and make me feel better. I know. Right I'm. I have. I have. A, <laughs> I just want to know if you had any more rhetorical questions before I dove in. Okay. No, I think that's it for the. Yeah. <laughs> the way that I feel, by the way, and I struggle with that all the time because, like, part of this job is like being really interested in other people, being interested in celebrities and influencers and podcasters, and you become obsessed, and that's totally natural. And I feel like a hard line to walk is like, when do you know when to like fan out and when to like try and be cool, like. I want to be friends with this person. Like it is a very difficult line to walk for yeah. me personally. Like I will never, ever, ever tire of hearing someone say that they like what I do or the content that I put out, you know, makes them smile. Like for me, that's the whole point in this whole job. So I'm never going to be like, oh, I wish you would have stopped saying how great my podcast was like, no, keep going, bitch. Keep going. Okay. But to like literally stay in your green room, your dressing room for like a good I think over an hour, over an hour, I mean, like, were you just like, oh, you guys got to leave? Like, no, you, I you guys got to leave. I literally texted you because there was other people in the room. I was like, people are going to leave, but like you stay. Like I had nowhere else to be. It was like a Saturday night in Pittsburgh. You were literally the only human being I know who was in Pittsburgh that evening. I had nowhere to be and nothing else to do. So we just like sat and drank and caught up. And like, I literally haven't seen you in person probably since Jackson Brittany's wedding. So like, it, and I never met Bo. Yeah, that's true. Yes. So it was literally fine. Like, stop. But like Bo then started to fangirl because he went into your pot into the show thinking, okay, this is just going to be like somebody who's talking about whatever's on Daily Mail right now, like pop culture. Like he didn't know that it was like a a comedy show. And then so like after it was over and we like went upstairs, I literally watched him fangirl. And it was like (laughs) it was actually really it was cute because he was no. so fucking impressed by your and skills. And to be honest, like when I do shows, of course I'm doing it like for the toasters that people listen to the podcast, follow me on Instagram. But I know a lot of people bring like husbands or friends or family that just, you know, they needed someone to go with. So they're like trucking through whatever this shit is for an hour. Um, and hearing reception from the people who aren't familiar with me or my work is honestly so gratifying because like I set out on this journey like four years ago doing comedy to be taken seriously as a comedian not as a podcaster not as like a pop culture enthusiast so to get validation from someone who's like kind of out of the podcast bubble totally it's it's the nicest thing someone can say to me because I really feel and I I I know again my self-awareness like I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm bad at like I know if I'm you know, doing something work-wise, like that it's not my my te- my set of skills and it's not my talent. Like I won't do it anymore. But I know when it comes to comedy, like I know that I'm doing exactly what I was put on this earth to do. And I want everyone else to know that. Like that's what motivates me. So to hear someone who came to the show, not because they love the podcast or they follow me on Instagram, but because like they just happened to be there and they found it funny. Like they don't need to know everything about Vanderpump Rules or Bravo or The Bachelor. Like that is so validating for me. And I'm a millennial. I seek validation. So I loved hearing it. Yeah, no, the fact that literally you you don't have to, and more people should know this. So what for when you are touring, mm-hmm. um, they know that like if they don't listen to your podcast, it doesn't fucking matter. Like no, you, all the jokes, everything. It's it, it's everyone will understand and laugh. There's there are no in, maybe there are a few inside jokes, but like they still were funny enough for right. and everyone to catch on. 
Like, yes. I just think you did such a fucking amazing job. And it Thank was you. just so impressive. And to make me feel better, like, can you, like, have you fangirled to someone who also, though, like, you were socially yes. involved with? No, that's literally my life. Because, like, such a weird part of doing what I do is just, like, getting invited to cool places with cool people. Um, so, like, a fun fact about me is I'm a diehard Twihard. Like, I am obsessed with Twilight. I know everything okay, about Okay, I didn't Twilight. even know what that was. I was about to be like, what the fuck is a Twihard? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Stassi, like, you, are you into Twilight at all? Like, I've never like, seen Twilight. Oh, you're kidding. But you, like, love, like, death and stuff. But I don't really like, like, CW type of things. Oh, like, I don't like so the insulting. cheese factor. No, the thing is, is, like, that's what people think of Twilight. Me, and maybe, like, you weren't listening to the toast when Jackie and I I went through like our Twilight rewatch phase a while ago, but we really yeah. have spoken about how like the acting and like the the CGI and just the level of production and quality, it's literally Oscar worthy. It's not, people think it's like High School Musical. Like it's not. Okay, so like Kristen Stewart's Oscar worthy performance in Twilight. In then Twilight. Why, why do I see everywhere all over social media people making fun of the fact that Kristen Stewart in Twilight is just like, well, that was just like a, whole like time. a, yeah, it was like a quirk of her character, which was really fucking annoying. But like, that's who Bella was. Are, you know, are we sure that's who Bella was? Or do you think that was just like an acting flaw? No, no, no. That was like the energy she brought to Bella because I didn't read the books. Actually, I want to read the books. But Bella was like this really painfully, painfully shy girl who moved to this like random remote town after living in Arizona, she like had no friends. She was so quiet. And like, that was Kristen's take. And I actually think, I don't, I haven't read the books, but I think it was a really accurate take on the character. Okay. So like, however, that's not, okay. So in my lifetime, like in the last couple of years, I had found myself in such <gasps> crazy scenarios. Like I literally was at a party I at someone's house, like in Hollywood Hills. I don't know. Like I just go places. I don't ask. I'm just like, oh yeah, we're going to a party. Sure. Like, let's go. Um, I'll call the Uber. I get out of the Uber. I knock on the door with like one other friend, open the door. It's Robert Pattinson's house. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, when was, was this? It was, I, you know, it's so funny. I always remember things like based on my weight. I'm like, well, I remember at Robert Pattinson's party. I was actually like really, really, really thin. I'm, um, I remember I, things based on outfits. Yeah. Okay. So similar. So I was actually, it must've been 2019. Cause I was very thin in 2019. Um, yeah, it was like the end of 2019. Okay. And, oh yes. It was Halloween weekend. It was Halloween 2019. So that honestly I, was like very recent because like, I just like don't count like COVID time as like no, time at all. So like no. basically that was last year. Okay. So he was such a nice host, like asking us if we needed anything. And like, I, I know there's a time and place and I used my better judgment, not to engage in the fanfare. And I just like had a great time at this party at Robert Pattinson's house. And it was all fun and games. And like the next day, like I, I felt good about my decision not to engage. Okay. Then in January of this year, I was at a birthday party in Mexico and Ashley Green, who plays Alice, who's literally my favorite character, um, was at this birthday party. And she was literally sitting across from me and we were talking. Her husband was so nice and the husbands were getting along and it was great. And obviously I knew who she was. And she was like talking about something. She's like, well, I'm an actor. I'm like, oh, you're an actor. That's cool. Like I was being so thick, like fraudulent. And then of course I had like a, a couple cocktails and I was like, by no, the way, no, I'm getting <laughs> <was> like, secondhand <laughs> cringe sweats. Secondhand. I was like, by the way, 
I am such a diehard twihard. Alice was my favorite character. My sisters are obsessed with Alice. Will you please take a picture with me? She could not have been kinder. She did not act weird at all. We continued to hang out like through the weekend. She was so nice. She hosts the official Twilight podcast. She invited me on. So I felt like that scenario, I had used my judgment, even though I was like a little drunk. I'm like, I think it's okay. And it ended up being okay. Cause like, I still talk to her and I don't think she thinks I'm weird. Okay. But like, was there a moment when you had to say, Hey, listen, I was just lying when I said, oh, you're an actor and be like, I like literally was lying. I'm actually the biggest fan. Like, did you have to admit to lies? Yeah, no, but like I was drunk and I'm like cute and short and like non-threatening. So I think that like maybe she thought it was cute. Like, honestly. Okay, because like that's like also like one of my worst fears. I think that's just, that's like why I get like scared to leave the house is that like someone is going to pretend like they don't know anything. And then all of a sudden I find out that they know everything about yeah. me like an hour into the conversation. And then I'm second guessing everything that I just said. And then I also feel stupid that like yeah. I was when they asked me like, so what do you do? And then I have to explain okay. and fumble over my fucking words. And I'm like, you knew the whole time. Right. You knew okay. the whole time. So I went to a dinner party a few years ago and it was a star studded dinner party. And I was like a nobody. I was like someone's plus one. So I'm sitting next to this guy and I'm like, of course, they put the losers over here because like we're not famous. Um, so, you know me, I make the best of a good situation. I'm chatty. I'm like, hey, what do you do? And the guy, I'm like, what do you do? And he's like, he's like kind of like not rude, but like I, maybe he just didn't get asked that question a lot. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm an artist. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like you sculpt, you paint. What do you like, paint? Do you do? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, like sculptures, like different things. I'm like, oh, do you show your art anywhere? He's like, yeah, sometimes in Soho, like you should come. I'm like, I would love that. I was just like really making conversation because it was painful to like just sit there. He ends up leaving like super early. And my friend who brought me came and sit down. She was sit, sat down and he was like, can you believe? I'm like, can I believe what? And he was like, that they sat next to you, ne- sat, sat you next to Adrian, Adrian Brody. And I was like, what? I'm like, wait, hold on. That was Adrian Brody. I'm like, wait, my I Jewish love king? Adrian Brody, the village, uh, midnight in Paris, the pianist. Like, I, and I, I'm Jewish and I didn't know, like, I'm literally a fraudulent Jew. Like he's literally like the greatest actor of our time. But also um, Adrian Brody has like maybe one of the most specific looks ever. No, Stassi, I'm telling you, he looked so different. How? I've seen pa- paparazzi photos. Like I've I've seen like there I just don't I don't get it. Like No, I'm telling you. Even if you've never like, seen anything that he's been in, like you everyone would know Adrian Brody, like just walking no, down the street. No, I'm telling you like don't you'll say that and then you'll be seated next to him at a dinner party. I swear. Okay. So, did you ever see him again? Did you no. or did that just end? Like you did you didn't Sometimes you just have to take the L and move on and you can't like go over the situation in your mind so many times or you drive yourself crazy. And this applies to any situation, not just Adrian Brody. Like sometimes you just need to understand like you drop the ball. And of course, like the natural thing to do is spend weeks, years thinking about it, going over and over in your mind. What could you have done differently? And sometimes you just need to let it go. And in that situation, I washed my hands of it. I took a shot and I said, you know what? It's fine. Okay. You're making me feel way better about something because there's oh, something you that's, do. You need to unburden yourself. I, well, I it's what I didn't do. OK, mm. so when we were in Rome for my wedding um, at our rehearsal dinner, welcome party, whatever I we walked up. You you've been there before. 
Yes. You've been yes, there. Yes. So at Hotel Derusi, Hotel Derusi, we walk in, whatever, all of a sudden the tailor, I think the tailors were the ones that told me this. They were like, um, Candace Bergen is downstairs having ah. dinner. And I'm like, uh, what? Uh, what's her name? St. Marion St. Is that, isn't that Marion St. Clair from Bride Wars? Like, that's where oh, my brain goes. Fucking that is bride, a niche reference. Bride Wars. And I'm like, and I am a bride right ah! now. Like, I'm in my white dress. Like, holy shit. Like, should I should I go down there? Lo was like, you need to go down there. And I'm like, I can't actually. Because what if she rejects me? And then my whole entire night is ruined. And like, mm-hmm. I can't afford for this night to be ruined. Because like... I only get one, one, one welcome party for my wedding. And I think about this all the time that like I made a mistake and like it was a missed opportunity. And like, I wish I could just let it go. Like, now let me ask you a question. Would you rather, let's really work through this. Okay. Would you rather be sitting here with that regret or be sitting here with that like painful flashback of you going up to Candace Bergen and her being hella rude and turning you down in your wedding dress. Thank you. That answered you the just, question. That, that you just was have it. to weigh I, the pros and cons. I do feel like yeah. Candace Bergen is probably like hella nice and you're wearing a wedding dress. Like that's something like a celebrity like can't say no to, even if they are like a typically rude celebrity. Like if anybody ever came up to you and was like, I love Vanderpump Rules. Here's my wedding dress. Please wedding. take a picture of me. Like, would you totally. ever say no? No, yeah, totally. You're right. But also you had just made me feel better and now I feel worse again because yeah, you're no, like, she wouldn't have said no to you. That's the thing about healing is we have to explore all avenues, okay? Great. So like nothing was healed just now. Like literally no. nothing at all. No, the thing is, I, I think everyone can think of a moment, like even when they were a kid where they saw a celebrity and they were so nervous and they didn't do anything. Um, I mean, I have a million. I'm sure everyone is like thinking of a memory that they have like being in the mall and seeing Miley Cyrus and not doing anything. But you know what? Like those experiences are what makes us human, honestly. So at least you're human. Makes us stronger, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like brings wisdom, adds depth, you know, like learning from my mistakes, all of that and, stuff. And by the way, now as someone, you who people come up to you and ask for pictures, like having that experience, you know how nerve wracking it is. You know how much like courage it really takes. So you yeah. know to be even more gracious and more kind and make people comfortable. So it's really like nature healing itself. 100 percent that's the best takeaway you're so wise like you could start life coaching i mean the world would be a mess and it would all be my fault um and i think you could like when we do advice segments on the on the toast we do it on wednesdays dear toasters um me and jackie we're so different actually even though we're like really similar people but my immediate reaction is always like go balls to the wall beat them up never talk to them again i'm like extreme as fuck yeah. And Jackie's very, maybe it's because she's older and a mom and she's like more wise, but she's very tempered and she's like, well, let's evaluate the situation and yada, yada. And at the end of the day, she's always right. So honestly, I would never take anything I say like seriously for real. I mean, uh, no, I think it's like also like the perfect blend. This is again, this is why I love the toast. You guys are just like the perfect fucking duo with like the right point of views different point of views but you match up on on the things that like matter and mm-hmm. it's just like more people need to know about the fucking toast I, girl I'm i've been sh- saying this for years for years where do you want to where like you've kind of like accomplished everything like where do you even go from here like what is what's on your fucking vision board 
Um, you know, it's so funny because like the the landscape of social media and just like digital is always changing. So I think when we first started, obviously the goal was like our format was very much like daytime talk show. So that was always like ideal, you know, in a million years if we could do anything, of course, we would want to be on cable and like have a, a daytime show. And now that we've been doing this for so long and like the landscape has really shifted, um, that's like not even close to being our goal. And yeah. we love what we do and we just want to keep doing exactly what we're doing. And we always say like, and I mean this for the toast for any part of my business, like if this is as good as it gets and this is the peak of it and it stays here or it goes down, like I will be so proud and I will be so um, fulfilled by that. I try not to have like, and I feel like when you get into this space, like it's very easy to spiral and like just not be happy with with certain goals and just like want more and more and more. Mm-hmm. So I try and just like always really believe because people are always like, what's your five-year plan? If this, if I'm here in five years, like God bless, God bless. I'm so blessed, especially like when you've had to rebuild your business more than once and had, you know, everything wiped away from you in literally five minutes. You're so grateful when you built it back up and you're so proud of it. And so I'm not in that space anymore where I'm like, I want this and I want that and I want to get that deal and I want to be in this TV show and get syndicated. No, I'm so proud of everything we've done. And if it never gets any better than this, then it will still be the most amazing thing I've ever done. Claudia, when I say I have chills because this is a conversation that like I have with the people closest to me about like how like, cause everyone's always asking what more. Okay. So like, what are you, what Mm -hmm. more are you going to do? What more are you going to do? And I'm like, why do I have to be doing more? I'm like, Mm -hmm. aren't I doing like enough? I just Mm -hmm. like rebuilt a lot, worked on a lot. And I also don't want to live that way anymore where it's like, I need another deal and another deal. And then like, I got to keep like, keep on the hamster wheel and doing more, being ahead of everything. I'm like, that's actually like not the way I want to live anymore. I just want to like be happy Mm -hmm. doing this, making enough to like live a life that I want to live, that I want to live. And like, that's it. And like, I don't have a five-year plan. And like, sometimes when like I'm in, you know, meetings with people and like, they're like, okay, so like, what more do you want to do? Where do you see yourself in a few years? I'm like, uh, here, right literally here. like working on this, um, yeah. perfecting this, getting better at this. Like, I don't want more. And like, no, it, I think that, that that's like that mindset comes with this space because everyone's always looking over their shoulder and like hustling and wanting to have the most followers and get the most deals and be the biggest influencer and the biggest podcaster and the biggest reality star. Um, and I think that mentality is really toxic. And I think you, I think you do grow out of it, of course, just like with age, because you realize what's important and like having more deals than all your com, you know, coworkers is not important. Yeah. But also when you go through like a really public dissolution of your brand, um, it just, it, it changes who you it, are. You are, no, it, it, I, it does. I often think about like who I would be now at 28 if I didn't go through my multiple, multiple scandals. Um, yeah. and I, I, shudder at the thought because there's something um really grounding about being humbled and there's something really um I don't know I don't know what the right words are but I think it it changes who you are as a human being and I and I love who I am now so people are always like well you know if you could go back do you wish it never happened and honestly like yeah of course I lost a ton of money literally in a day um but like I am who I am now because I was severely humbled I was canceled I had this fucking campaign of hate against me and my family for literally years. It still goes on. 
Yeah. But I wouldn't be who I am now without that. And I love, love who I am now. So in a way, I'm like grateful to this situation, even though that sounds fucked because it was the darkest time in my life. No, Claudia, literally, I had the same fucking mentality. And like, yeah. I hesitate to be like, it's not that I'm pro cancel culture, because like, obviously not like that. Right. shit was that shit was rough. Horrible. And and I just don't think any I don't almost well, whatever. Like, I, I don't like yeah. seeing other people be canceled. But it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. And by the way, and it's like, such a weird thing to say, because like I don't want to like, if I had told you that when you were going through it, or if somebody had told me that when I, I'd be like, shut the shut fuck the up, fuck up. I'd be like, get out of here. I'm literally yeah. not talking to you. <laughs> literally again. shut the like, door. Get out. Get yes, out. Yes, literally. So you can't see it because it's Until, just so dark when you're in it. And it takes time. Years. And I feel like I'm still uncovering things. Um, because my big scandal was 2018. That was literally almost five years ago. And I'm still uncovering things about myself that I feel like, you know, I only possess because I went through that. So yeah, I still am very um, like, it's one of the major, tr- like, I'm not trying to make myself out to be a victim. I'm just stating facts. Like, it's still right. one of the major traumas in my life. And I feel like I definitely am still like triggered by it um, at different times in my life. Mm -hmm. But I would be remiss if I didn't at least acknowledge like there were some pretty, I think, important things that came out of it. Yeah, I I agree. And there are still moments. Yes. Like when I'm in a certain situation where I'm like, is everybody staring at me and like just thinking, oh, that was the girl that got canceled in 2020. Like and and then I like I get like crippled with anxiety. But then I would take that crippling anxiety any day, given the fact that I do love myself so much more yes. now. And I feel like I, I'm like, there's something, something that's like it, it with being like humbled like that, it like allows you to like find peace. Yeah. Especially like when in the years prior, you put so much stock as an influencer, a reality star, you put so much stock in what yeah. people think about you. But yeah. then when, when, what people think about you is just 100% negative. You yeah. only have yourself. And you, you realize when you put your head on your pillow at night, like who you are as a person is all that you're left with. So anyone can think whatever they want about you. But if you go to bed at night knowing like you are a good person and you try hard to be a, a decent human being, like, and you can live with that, then all the other stuff doesn't really matter. Of course, it's wonderful to be adored. It's highly unrealistic oh, yeah, it's that like that so shit lasts fun. forever. Yeah, it's, it's so, so fun. fun to have people like you. But, but like, it doesn't last forever. <laughs> and that's just the nature of the internet and it's nature of reality TV. So I think learning that lesson at a young age, I don't know how old you were when, when it happened. I think I was like 23. Um, oh learning that at a, so at a young, young age, it was difficult. But I feel now at 28, I am years ahead in maturity than Absolutely. I would be. If I just was a girl who went through life without any of that. Totally. I almost wish this would have happened to me 10 years ago so that like I could have just like spent my 20s being like way more of a better person. No, it's way more wise. No. And it's like you were adored by your audience like you couldn't do anything wrong. And that made you into a monster. I mean, that's human nature. Mm -hmm. It is. I can't lie and say that that wouldn't happen to me. I probably would have been worse. Yeah, no, totally. You're right. God, you're so <laughs> wise. So wise. No, okay. So when people, um, when I said like no one should listen to anything I say, I meant it, except when I'm talking about like cancel culture. Like I feel like everything I say is like I literally deserve like a Nobel Peace Prize. No, but like your next book, like 
even though you wrote about it in your first book, but like you should you should do some sort of um, more philosophical type you know of and so it can be like a humor and philosophy at the same time. I like part of my um, one of my goals or just something that like I feel passionately about is like I don't want to be connected to my worst moments forever. That's like a big yeah. fear of mine because, yeah. you know, my major cancellation, my old tweets, everything was 2018. And that shit still haunts me to this day. You know, I don't get opportunities yeah. because of it. People cancel their contracts. Like shit, it happens all the time. It still very much follows me. And one of my biggest fears is that it's going to follow me, you know, until forever. And I'm going to be a mom. And like, then it's going to be like my kid's problem. Like that's, it's a huge, huge fear of mine. Um, so I like, don't want, like, I would love to write, and I plan to one day write another book, but I don't want to like continue it, even though like, even if I don't talk about it, like people are still talking about it. Like there's so many privileges to what we do for a living. And I don't want to dismiss that. But one of the huge, like the biggest for me negatives is you are constantly being defined by your worst moments. Like if, if somebody didn't know who I was, they'd be like, oh, who's that? They'd be like, oh, that's the girl with the tweets from 2018. Like, it's the thing that they attach to you. Um, and I've been guilty of doing that to other people. I can't lie. Like, someone's like, who's that? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a bitch that got, you know, like, I I, I get it. I'm not yeah. saying I'm better than that because I'm not. Um, but it's a huge fear of mine. And so when I put out content or when I like write jokes or when I want to write another book, I don't want to keep talking about it. But like everyone else is. I totally, I totally get it. I really do. And also Anne Hathaway just the other day did an interview where she was like, I don't think that anybody should be defined by their worst mistakes in their 20s. Like, yeah. that's like not a way to live. And I was like, not Anne Hathaway, just like really like speaking to my soul right now. And maybe you can relate to this because so for me, like when I was getting canceled, it was like for tweets I was writing when I was a junior in high school, like I was 16. Yeah. Um, and of course, like I immediately issued an apology because there were these horrible jokes that weren't even funny. They were just fucking rude and problematic. Um, and of course, like my first instinct was to apologize, but it felt very bizarre to issue an apology on a behalf of a girl who I didn't feel like was me. Like I so was much a, time had passed. Mm-hmm. So much time had passed. And it's like, I don't even like, do you know how fucking big of a loser I was when I was in high school? I was so fucking insecure. Like I was... And I talk about it in my book, how like I thought I was hot shit and I wasn't. Like people didn't fucking like me. Like I was taking the brunt of the consequences for the actions of a girl I felt deeply disconnected to. Yeah, no, I totally fucking know what you mean because everything that I was canceled for was for years prior. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things I had already written about in my first book and like atoned for, right. apologize for, learned from, and then for it to be like brought up all over again years later, I'm like, wait a second, like that I'm not that person anymore. And I've already, right. I, I'm, what? Like, how is this? Yeah. Yes. So and, that, and it's it is. Just, and it's, it's like it, a weird, you know, just enti- like growth is something we are all entitled to. Yes, it is. And everyone does it. We and literally so all grow. Happy. I'm so happy and jealous of the people who got to grow and evolve privately. Yeah. Um, and some of us, you know, made the decision at 18 to start documenting their entire life and every thought that they had, no matter how fucking stupid or problematic it was. And that's a decision I'll have to live with for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I, in, in some ways I'm like, deeply 
ashamed and I carry a lot of shame. I do too. With, with the person I, I used to be. Claudia, I do too, because so many people know about it. It's yeah. like, it's because you're constantly being reminded of it. You don't get to like, you don't get to learn from it, better yourself mm -hmm. and then like release it and let it go. Like it's because we're constantly being reminded of it. So like yeah. the shame, the shame never, the shame is feels real. like it never goes away. It never but goes away. I can tell you as someone who's like a few years ahead of you, the shame, it does not go away. Like it shows itself at the most random times. But there's also like a deep sense of pride that I have of knowing like I was able to not only survive a, a public scandal like that, which of course I was not the victim in, but it was deeply difficult to go to to go through. But I'm also really proud of the fact that like I, in that time, like decided to look inward and, and mm -hmm. evolve and not like lean into this villain. Like I, no matter mm -hmm. what people thought about me, like I, I knew who I was and I knew why what I did was problematic. And like, I, and I want to move on from it. Like I, I also am proud of how I, how I handled it in a weird I, way. No, I completely agree. And I, and I feel the same. And I, I know that some people listening would probably be like, roll their oh, eyes. Okay. But it's like, no, like I, I, I took it seriously. Like yeah. we, you took it seriously. Like we did inward work. We literally are. I'm, I know that, that you also are just because like Taylor is your best friend. So like, I know I hear about you through her, like not just your show. Like, mm -hmm. I know that you strive to be like a really good person. Like, yes, yeah. you joke about being a fucking asshole, but yeah. like, I know that you like every day you wake up and you want to be a good person and make 100%. the best decisions for everyone. Yeah. And so I don't know, like that shame, but then also like, I also ha have made a conscious decision. Like I am moving forward. Yeah. And if everyone on the internet wants to live in the past, like that is fine. I can't control what other people do, but like I I will not be defined by this. And that's that's a huge part of what motivates me to go out and work is because I want to be known for being funny, for being kind, for making people's days better. Like I know people listen to the toast. Life is so fucking hard sometimes. And I know that people will just pop in their headphones for an hour and just tune it all out. Like, I know what I do. Of course, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not like a brain surgeon. But I know what I do has but value. And I know it has important. meaning. It's important to me. Like, it, it so, adds... It, right. it's, I need the toast. So, right. like, so like, I'm going to focus on that. And and yeah. I, I, I will always, you know, be apologetic for, for what I did. But I personally, like, I'm moving on. It's yeah. been... The tweets were 20... Yeah. No, 20, 2012. Okay, I was in the 11th grade. I am moving on. It was yes. 10 years ago. I'm moving on. And and you can either join me or you can not. But I'm I have to move on because it's 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 time. Love that. And love not being defined by your mistakes. But before I let you go, speaking of not being defined by your mistakes, like you now in my eyes are defined by a mistake. And let me tell oh, you what no. that is. What did I do? The because Rams? It, no, because that, that, that's, you're defined in Bo's eyes by that. Then. Okay, okay. No. You posted a reel. Trying ranch for the first um, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the age of 28. 28. Yeah, I've never had ranch before. You never, you went your whole life not ever being curious no, about no, no, what no. all this ranch talk was. N not curious, honestly, fearful. 
fearful. Every fry you ate, chicken nugget, piece mm-hmm. of pizza, never once, never once were you like, why is every why why are all these things being dipped? No in ranch. But, but let me explain. It's it's not like, you know, ranch is the only thing that everyone loves that I had never tried. I have probably the same palate as Hartford. Honestly, I wouldn't be more surprised if she had a more refined palate than me. Hartford like, probably does, yeah. Like, I do not <laughs> eat anything other than grilled chicken, rice, chicken nuggets, and french fries. Like, those are my four... Pizza. Those are my, like, five major food groups. Are, I have the Are pat- you not, like, a condiment person? No. My husband is obsessed. He loves, like, Dijon, mustard, honey mustard, ranch, Russian, Sauces barbecue. are just, like... That's my... Fa- sauces are my favorite food. If, like, I, like, had to pick something. Sauces. So it's never, it's just something like when I, like another weird thing about me, like I don't eat appetizers. Like it's really weird. <laughs> like I, when we go out to dinner, like I have a cocktail while everyone has fuck? appetizers because but appetizers, like why? I mean, if they made like chicken tenders that were appetizers, I would eat it. But like the food that's appetizer, like sashimi, like, I don't know, like fucking spinach artichoke. Like there's I don't like eat that shit. A, a, a million. There's, there's there's crab cakes. There's, Ew. um, there's spinach. You said spinach and artichoke dip. Ew. There's a shrimp cocktail. Ew. There's tuna tartare. Ew. There's like, I don't know, a bread basket. Oh, love, 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 love. I mean, basket. but like appetizers are sometimes the best because you get to like have like a little bite of everything. I have quite literally never had an appetizer. But like every time you have family dinners, which like I see on y'all's Instagram, that like you guys are all cooking for each other and like yeah. having family dinners, like do you eat any of it? Yeah, but like everyone knows, like if you want me to eat at your meal, like I need like a a protein, which is usually like a roast chicken, grilled chicken, a brisket, short rib, something like that, and rice. Like that, me, I'm covered. That's the best meal of my life. You are so bizarre. No, like do you not like have have you just but like have you just not tried other foods? Because like you're just missing out, and like I feel bad for you. Yeah. Okay. So it's not that I don't like a lot of foods; it's that I refuse to try them. And I might like them. I probably won't. Um, and that's what my series on TikTok is about. Like just trying foods because you wouldn't believe that I'm 28 and I've literally never tried ranch. I've never tried mustard. Like I'm just so picky and so stubborn. But like when you were little, like and you had to get a sandwich someplace and there there was mustard on it. Like you just like didn't try. So like, if I'm, like if I'm eating a sandwich as a kid, like it's a peanut butter and jelly. This no, like for real. Like, no, this is like, like, tell me what you ate today. Tell me what you ate today. Well, it's the morning time. So, like, I've only had coffee. Okay. Like, like, really, like coffee. Like, let's, but like, okay, like yesterday, Mm -hmm. I like had half a bagel. Then I had bagels. Okay. Then I had some pizza. Then I had a crab cake, some artichoke. We went to dinner last night. The McCarthy Mm. salad. Do you like salads? Okay. See, all right. I do like salads. I don't fuck with dressing. Ew. Oh, my God. Claudia, <laughs> like there literally is no point to a salad without the dressing. Like the dressing is the best part. Like just give me some dressing. And I like all types of dressing, not just ranch. Like I am right. like a huge dressing fan, like balsamic, whether it's creamy or not. Caesar, Greek, like Italian, like any fucking dressing. I will take it like a champagne vinaigrette. Like I love the fucking dressings and then sprinkle some lettuce on the dressing. Like, so I don't fuck with dressing, ma'am. And I really only like like one salad. It's like I it needs to be like really chopped lettuce, um, Parmesan, Parmesan cheese, and grilled chicken, and then that's it. All right. So I guess we're just gonna like end this here. 
Yeah. No, with, and if we if we want to go out to like, you know, dinner, make me you Taylor and Jackie. I don't like know if can, I want to anymore. We can go to McDonald's. Just know that's always an option. There's no bar at McDonald's. BYOB. Okay. Minis. We'll drink spritz Min- in the car. We'll do the drive through. Oh, love that idea. Love that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because like I really can't see us all going to dinner after. No, this but the thing about me. So like, I love to go out to dinner. And when people are like, you want to go to this place? I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't care. Like, I don't need to look up a menu because I'm literally going to ask for like a side of rice and plain grilled chicken. Like, it doesn't matter to me. So I care. I'm like, I want to go to a fun place with like good vibes. Is it sceny? Good cocktails. I care more about atmosphere than food. Okay. Love that. That's fine. Because I actually would prefer the atmosphere if I really had to like get down to it. If I'm going to spend a night out of my house, like if I'm going to like venture out into the wild, like I need the atmosphere to be something that I would enjoy. Like I can have good food at home. So like we have food at home. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Listen, Claudia, I love you. We're going to McDonald's. We're going to go to McDonald's. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. Again, thank you so much for having me. This is like such a big deal. Number one podcast. Everyone go listen to the toast. (laughs) It's fucking amazing. And it's literally almost every day, like pretty much like every day, unless you're touring or like something goes down and go follow uh, Claudia. Is it at girl with no job? And you just changed your name on it. Yeah. But like the at is girl with no job. It's still girl with no job. And check out all the things. Check it. She also has a Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to watch this podcast, you can watch it on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Stassi. I'm learning to ask people to, what's it called? If you could go to iTunes and rate, rate subscribe, review, rate. subscribe, it would mean a lot to me. Um, Taylor has been trying to drill that in my brain that I need to promote better. So like, please. Oh, rate Taylor's one to talk. Stuff. Yeah, seriously. She can go fuck herself. The worst Um, promoter. Seriously, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Okay. Love you. Bye, guys. 